0: Rangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite NB, Kennedy.
1: Yeah, I'm here. You're I pogged? You know, I'm pretty pogged. It's been a weird day so far, but whatever. Power Rangers Hell is yeah. Good. You know what? Same here.
0: My personal life has been very interesting in the last couple of days. <laughs> um... But speaking of interesting, I have with me probably my favorite Marxist-Leninist uh, that's living right now, uh, Lindsay on the show. Lindsay, welcome.
2: Hello. That is a ridiculous intro. I could not live up to that, but thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs>
1: not a problem. <laughs> you, you have really good politics.
3: Thank
2: I'm you. I'm just going to
1: verify. <laughs> yes. I
0: appreciate and that. And that's coming from an anarchist, no less.
1: Um,
2: MLs and anarchists gotta stick together.
1: We're part of the same group. I don't know how we got so split up. It's so silly. Yeah, and you know
0: what? It's because Kennedy actually reads.
2: Mm (laughs) (laughs) No, literally the only anarchists I've ever had a problem with are like literal children on the internet. And I'm like, the problem here is really not that you're an anarchist, it's like you're 12. (laughs) That's the real disconnect happening.
0: (laughs) I remember being like, anarcho-capitalist when I was, like, 14 and wanted to vote for Ron Paul in the Republican primary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I <Amazing>. remember that. <laughs> I, You know, I'll just say, for the record, same always is true for me with Marxist-Leninists. Like, the only Marxist-Leninists that are complete knuckleheads that drive me crazy are also, like, just like, 14-year-olds who put on a, you know, hat with a hammer and sickle on it. Yeah and got excited <laughs> yeah. maybe
2: the problem is just that children are children
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like those... always children though i mean it's also just people that because i mean there's ryan there's knight i oh, sorry oh, yeah. on the internet that got woke like 10 minutes ago and are very insufferable and in their 30s too yeah they'll immediately
0: <laughs> go i'm a fucking socialist now Look, hear me roar and then be like why doesn't cpusa call for a violent overthrow of the government directly on their (laughs) 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 directly on their bylaws (laughs) you're not a real communist unless you have that explicitly stated on your bylaws
2: oh my god yeah the ryan knight phase where he had both the rose and the hammer and sickle in his screen name that was that was a trip
0: Yeah, that had a lot of uh, negative consequences, honestly. (laughs) On Twitter, at least.
3: Because
0: I feel like a lot of people started championing that shit, right? And then you got like shit, like dog shit, like absolute dog shit ass takes about like patriotic socialists.
2: Yes, oh my god. That is definitely top 10 worst moments of
1: 2021. Yeah, Yeah, that's okay. From now on, Marxist Leninists and anarchists We're a team Patriotic yes. Socialists That's the people we're kicking out Okay <laughs> <Yeah>. It's true
0: <laughs> Anyone who is an appreciator Appreciator of Mexican anarchism Is Always like S tier you, you want that type of person in your life
3: Yeah
2: it's fair I agree with that
0: Hell yeah Hell you know yeah. what? You know what I agree with? The we fact that this is left. a good ass fucking season. And I'm glad that we're all in here together because you know what? I got so much shit in the beginning for this season where <laughs> they were like, eh, "I don't know, kind of mid actually." And I'm like, "Trust me. Trust me. If there no, was any so show good. to spawn a podcast, it was this season. It was this season. Like you know, now you understand why that I I had to start Sentai Truther Club after watching <laughs> these episodes.
2: No, I like really fucked with this. This was it was so fun. Um, I get yeah. I won't no spoilers yet. I guess you guys are gonna take us through the plot and stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Lindsay, like I told you, there was good Power Rangers
2: in I the did, modern day. Will- Okay, I was like, I didn't disbelieve that there was good Power Rangers because I loved Power Rangers as a kid. But yeah, I hadn't seen any... I mean, God, I think like the most recent season I had seen was probably like, from 1990-something.
0: <laughs> right. I feel that. And you know, it's funny because like those seasons now, retrospectively, they still hold up pretty well to a certain degree. There is a lot of, like, Mmm... <laughs> <laughs> mm. Y'all really doing some woke racism here, huh? <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, the race politics of the 90s are universally terrible. The Clinton years, like, irrevocably damage all of our brains. <laughs>
1: the yeah. Most our frustrating f- thing about the Power Rangers, though, is that, like, occasionally they're, like, ahead of the curve. So then you're even more mad when they fall back into lazy mm-hmm. bullshit because you're like, no, why? You seemed to know better for a second. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and the funny part about this is like we're going you're going from like 90s Power Rangers to like the end of Obama era Power Rangers. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is like neoliberalism, DNC 2016, Hillary, yeah, let's go. Hillary should be the next president. We need a woman.
2: <laughs> oh god.
0: <laughs> um and even I, I remember back in like 2015, as we were gearing up for the Democratic primaries, like reading articles online being like, Hillary Clinton, the next, the next president, question mark, question mark, question mark, already chosen by all the superdelegates. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. You know what? Yeah, Hillary Clinton, she deserves to be president.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I voted for her. Please edit this out so no one knows this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I after Bernie dropped out, I supported her. And I, to this day, do not feel good about that.
0: You know, I supported Jill Stein that election. And uh, oh, I stand so by that
1: <laughs> I
0: stand by that vote, but also, like, it was very cringe when I had to campaign for her.
1: <laughs> this. This is going to sound like a flex, but I assure you it's not. I was really doomer-pilled in 2016 and so I was like before even Bernie had dropped out, I was like Bernie's a sellout. Y'all don't understand. He's not a real leftist.
0: Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're literally you ended those up Those people being were so pretty direct, annoying though. to be honest.
2: <laughs> you ended up being so correct though. So if you want to like yeah. Smash everyone in the face with that for the rest of eternity. I think you can do that.
1: I yeah. could. I could pull up some like really old Facebook posts and just be like, <laughs> "Look at me! I was the super leftist. Give me clout." <laughs> <laughs> but really, yeah. I think it was cringe. Like, I'm more of a, I don't know. I'm more of a pragmatist now than I was at that yeah. time. So yeah. in 2020, I was like, "Well, let's get Bernie in because maybe we'll get health care. I don't know. That could be good." We can
0: get Hillary to budge on healthcare. Uh, I, I honestly, uh, as it translates to Power Rangers, you can kind of tell oh, that bro. like the '90s Power Rangers was ahead of the curve on those racial politics, except for Native Americans. Fuck natives. <laughs> Power Rangers was yeah. very much about that fuck natives part. Um, but uh, other than that, like what it's then changed into is like the obama era politics of like i don't see race mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so you have like all of these characters that are like it's a diverse cast on paper but it's written by like a white team mm-hmm. and it produces very interesting moments in this season in particular and most of it though is just like it's problematic but it's whatever like it's all <laughs> right it's decent television um But in this case, uh, more often than not, it's pretty good. Like, it's not not terrible, um, and the characters are pretty uh, Mm well-rounded, in my opinion, which I think lends to the reason why this season just goes ham. And also, like, Saban was just like, all right, y'all, we had our reunion season with Megaforce and Super Megaforce. We can't really tease, like, the old Rangers to come back for this season, because we already like did all of this and made a whole movie about it, <laughs> so what do we do? And Saban's just like, alright, you know, so we went back to the 90s, this was kind of successful, of the 90s formula. How about we bring back the 90s formula of television writing, which is to just snort cocaine all <laughs> of the time.
1: <laughs> That's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels very like post-Occupy Wall Street as well. A bit too.
1: What do you, you get mean kinda by of that? like that
0: that sort of like labor politics, which is great. So you kinda get this mishmash of like anarchist rangers who who do some pretty based and pog things, but the writers kinda like are just like, Well, you know, everybody's a normal person. <laughs> Let's just write like that. The difference is is purely just interests. Nothing more. <laughs>
1: Am I wrong, Kennedy? No. Yeah, it is. Especially, we'll get into this even more in the season review. But it's like, yeah, it's it's just like, well, you know, being, uh, you know, not white just means that you like some slightly different music. Maybe I don't know. Like that's <laughs> the vibe a <of> lot. <laughs> <laughs> They really don't get into it at all, and not that the Power Rangers has ever really been great about addressing. Like, I think racial they dodged head it head on. They've, they've dodged I,
0: it since MMPR. I don't think we've had as we've good. Game. We we've
1: never had as good
0: racial politics, except for maybe like one episode of Lightspeed Rescue.
1: I was gonna say Lightspeed Rescue has there's that one episode in particular, but they emphasize a little bit.
0: With Chad too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually kind of get into that a little in that, yeah. And even so, you know, they've never really confronted it, confronted it, but they've at Mm -hmm. least at times like approached confronting it. And again, the lightspeed uh, episode that we're referencing is of course the one where Joel is like kind of worried about like his family embarrassing him. In front of his white coworkers, And like that's clearly the theme. Yeah. And so like. I, I don't know. It just felt like especially. I think the most frustrating part about the fact. That they don't really seem to confront anything like that here. Is that it. the season starts. With so much weird shit. And then it has this baggage. And then you're like. Are they going to resolve the baggage? The answer is no. But. Things go the so cocaine. far off the rails with the cocaine <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the fuck I mean this is 2015 they could have been doing like modern designer drugs
0: oh yeah what what's her name that was gonna be like uh Biden kept trying to push her for like certain cabinet positions and she kept getting like fucked up Neera Neera Tandon.
2: Neera Tandon.
0: Tandon. You're You're Tandon. Tandon. <laughs> they were on some Neera Tandon drugged cocktails <laughs>
2: We're <laughs> hand in jar cocktails when you argue with someone with like 12 followers for hours and hours in the middle of the night and on Twitter.
1: And and you have you make like 000, 000 a million dollars a year.
2: <laughs> but you're woke <laughs> and
1: progressive.
0: <laughs> you're a progressive, don't forget <laughs> that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so we're really on this like cocaine binge. And that's when we lead up to our best picks. So we don't have a worst pick. And it's just, it's simply because too many episodes are, like, the worst episodes are, like, sixes. And it's like, is that really a bad episode? And also, like, we would have a four-way tie probably, or, like, a two- or three-way tie. Yeah, it's
1: like a four-way tie between, like, a bunch of mid-episodes that are maybe, like, fives. Yeah. And, like, it's, there's nothing exciting there. There's nothing to really get into yeah Um, so we're just covering three best episodes this is four best episodes four oh shoot yeah i watched four okay okay (laughs) yeah all right
0: i mean i had to i had to to do it so we picked episode 10 11 12 and 17 and i had to go for the triple because i was like i know i know kennedy picked 10 uh 10 and 17 and I was like 11 was really fucking good too and then I was like 12 was fucking great what <laughs> so I was like we can go for the triple which kind of like puts a nice bow on that sort of mini arc on the 6th ranger and then yeah. 17 is like insane shit anyways
1: 17 is nuts we'll, oh my god I
0: nuts.
2: loved the eyepatch man I already forgot his name <laughs> Albert was it like yeah. Albert it was like the most like middle aged white man name ever
1: yeah his name's like albert smith
2: (laughs) yeah something like that i i loved it it was great
1: (laughs) okay but uh so episode 10 that's where we start yeah Um, episode 10 is the royal rangers and uh it introduces sir ivan of xandar although we don't get much of him we basically just see him in the past here but we start to get the first peek of that character very important character um but mostly it's just a really fun and insane episode. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like the beginning of the episode revolves around the the museum is getting this exhibit called The Treasures of Xandar. In particular uh, Riley is pretty pumped about this cuz there's going to be like swords and shit. And I don't know, maybe Xandar was like extra cool to gay people back in the day
2: (laughs) (laughs) a queer icon
1: (laughs) so riley's really pumped up and he's kind of like getting everybody hyped and uh everybody's helping with it this is going to include the stone of xandar which they soon discover oh this is a this is an energem for sure and this is kind of okay this is what we're really doing yeah the gold energem is a part of this collection and there's this story from the past about this knight, Sir Ivan, who fought with a beast that was definitely, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fury. Fury, yeah. Yeah. Fury, by the way, so disappointing all the time. And this is just another great example. How did Fury blow this? Honestly, I think <laughs> the problem with
0: Fury is that he just didn't find a single energem. In 65 like, had he, million had he <laughs> found, like, maybe one... At least one Energem and was just like, oh, I can't get the other Energems because I've bonded to this one or something. I'd be like, perfectly reasonable, well-scripted, fine. Right? Works with the <laughs> Sentai footage, I'm sure. But in this case, like, he just couldn't find one fucking Energem. And they constantly shit years. on him for it. They 65 constantly shit years. on him for it. It's a, just I incredible. Can't get
1: over that. 65 million years you've been just wandering around
0: yeah because he wasn't even like frozen or anything right
1: no no he was just... oh
2: never mind just kidding i was about to give away a plot point
1: so yeah anyway i don't know how fury blew this one but somehow in the past fury blew his encounter with sir ivan um and the prince was able to keep the Energy and the prince of xandar at the time Um, But Sir Ivan and the monster both disappeared, never to be seen again. That's the backstory of how this Energem ends up in this collection. Ta-da! There's also a B-plot. There's like a very non-binary character, (laughs) Julian, who uh, is making art and uh, Shelby really wants to help her homie get a break because she's cool like that. And Kendall's just being a shithead because she's Kendall.
0: Yeah, but they uh, they end up doing this whole plot where they're the prince and the princess of Kandahar.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're getting ahead of yourself a little. Yeah. Isn't that literally the next thing?
0: Mostly, yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so they come up with this scheme to get, basically, to secure the Energem properly and like make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. They're like, we need to have a Prince and Princess of Xandar. Uh and we're gonna we're just gonna set that up. We're just gonna do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kendall like works for the Department of Tourism. I guess. She can control the media. Yeah. I'm
2: confused. I'm like, what is Kendall's job? What does she do?
0: She's like director of the MOMA.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought she was, like, a museum curator or something.
1: Yeah. That's, she's, she's, like, pretty much a museum right. curator, but she's also Charlie from Charlie's Angels. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's
0: also, like, an operations manager for, like, the whole thing, too. hmm
3: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So she's in okay. charge of staffing, et cetera, labor.
1: So before uh, we get into the Prince and Princess stuff fully, there's an amazing scene where they're unpacking artifacts of Xandar, and Shelby goes on an anti-capitalist rant about how these opulent, you know, objects that the rich parade around in could feed so many people and they just mm-hmm. have it to wear and it's very base.
0: <laughs> yeah. She was like, royalty don't deserve this shit. What the
1: fuck? <laughs> it was amazing.
0: Yeah, it was a a great uh, dialogue exchange. And also, like, uh, Red and Pink kind of start their romance a bit more here.
1: Yeah, so I don't remember which episode it is, but in one of the episodes right before this, I believe...
0: I think it was episode seven.
1: Okay, yeah. Tyler is writing in his journal, and this is our first big hint. He's, like, writing about, like what life has been like with the other rangers and it's like these are kind of like letters to his dad somewhat too he gets to shelby and he's like shelby she's smart and she's badass and she's all these things and she's really cute (laughs) and you're like oh okay all right it's happening (laughs) yeah so by this episode both of them have already kind of started to express interest in each other and so then when the plot starts to point towards well what if Shelby and Tyler were the prince and princess? That lends itself to some cute moments. It was um,
2: adorable.
1: Yeah, especially I really like um Shelby at one point is kind of questioning whether she wants to be the princess. And Kendall's like, "I can do it if you don't want to do it." Shelby's like, "Maybe maybe you should. I don't know if I want to do this. Like I I I don't I don't want to wear these heels. I don't want to wear this dress. I'm not into any of this." And then Tyler comes in in his prince outfit and Shelby's like never mind I got this. <laughs> <laughs> also,
0: is like Kandahar like an ex like French colony or something?
1: Okay, so let's talk about the implications of Xandar. <laughs> First of all, where is Amber Beach? Is a great question. It's definitely in the United States. But there's a little vague about the exact location. It's probably in California. But it could be somewhere else.
0: Do you think it uh, could be on like coastal Washington state?
1: Yeah. Okay. Or southern Oregon coast?
0: Ooh, southern Oregon was probably more
1: more believable. I will say Amber Beach sounds kind of California as a name. it, it was California. Yeah. It, it does. It sounded
2: like it would be on a holocaust t-shirt, you know. <laughs> Or, I'm so sorry what is the store Hollister yeah it sounded like something that would be on a Hollister t-shirt
0: I'm sorry What? <laughs> ah!
2: do you remember the store I'm talking about yes the, like, I Amherst do yeah. store, but it was like beach themed and they had shit tons of t-shirts that all had just like random locations in California on them that was like yeah, that... The store. what's
0: the prop bet on uh, Amber Crombie and Finch uh, being white supremacists
2: I think that that's just like already out there in the open. I don't think that's <laughs> a secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to be white to wear those clothes unironically every day, right?
2: I mean, yeah, they're actually a wilderness gear company that was founded in like the late 19th century. So there's oh, literally okay. no way that they're not white supremacist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, their original advertising was like, this is the hat you kill indigenous people in, probably. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: oh okay so we know that they had a bad backstory um so yeah amber beach okay so i wanted to make sure we all agree i felt like it's probably in california but i want to make sure we all relatively agree about that they definitely imply heavily that it's in the united states but because they show like maps of the united states when they're talking about like nearby threats and stuff like that but they don't show exactly where it is so uh so amber beach is in california so Xandar.
0: It's like the Virgin Islands, right? The
1: story of Xandar, the story of Sir Ivan and Fury takes place 800 years before the Power Rangers that we're seeing in 2015. So that means that Xandar existed before Columbus. So we need to start there. So my only theory (laughs) is that Xandar in the world of the Power Rangers is, like, an island that Leif Erikson conquered. all I got? Because <laughs> it's clearly white people. Yeah. They all have British accents, too, because that's they when you let British... people
2: know
3: yeah. that, you
2: know, they're fancy. So I don't know. I assumed that, yeah, maybe it was some sort of, like, British colony or, like, I don't know, somewhere near the
1: British Isles, perhaps. No, it has to be near California. It has to be near Amber Beach specifically. Oh, that's, what, that's
0: why we were saying it's Leaf
1: Erickson. Oh, like, okay. This I see. The implications of this for Power Rangers lore are bizarre. Is what I'm getting <laughs> at. Yeah. So, so
0: because uh, the keeper of the Energems gave the dinosaurs the morphing grid, Leaf Erickson conquered an island near the coast of California.
1: Somehow, white people had some kind of colony that's still recognized as maybe semi independent. That's the other thing about this, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: they still had like the little limo with like the flags of state driving around. So, I mean, something's going on.
1: Yeah. I figure maybe it's fully independent, or maybe it's one of those situations where it's like how France has like those little tiny, there's like several little tiny kingdoms. Mm. That are like we're kind of France, but also we have our own monarchs. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> oh man, can't wait for another Falklands war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's that island where, where like all the rich people race their cars? That's like a tiny independent kingdom. xandar has got to be like that, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> It's just a rich person's playground. And no. Maybe it's
1: kind of tax haven. Well, also, okay, maybe, but also, clearly, uh, this is not in an episode that we watched together, but the Prince of Xandar is rich, confirmed.
0: Yes. In like, and like he does the. We're getting way ahead of ourselves because this <laughs> is in episode 10. This is episode 11. I know,
1: but there's there's so much weird lore going on here. What is Xandar? This
0: is so confusing. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't even know what Xandar was when they were telling this story. This all seemed like a a medieval like folklore sort of tale. The way they were presenting this in Episode Ten.
1: Yeah, but it didn't then we find like out a- that, oh, no, sorry. it's real and it's nearby.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's in Episode Eleven.
1: Right? I was confused.
2: I was like, why does the museum have a like a curated collection of these people's like royal artifacts, and yet. This nation apparently still exists and has, like, an active royal family.
1: Like, what the fuck is going on there? I have a theory about some of how that goes down, but we'll get into that when we start talking All about right. episode 11.
0: Right. <laughs> I um, guess I should smoke more, huh?
1: It's that kind of episode. So they disguise themselves as the prince and princess. They have a fake gem to use as bait.
0: Play which... Fury like a fucking fiddle.
1: This is another example of just how dumb Fury is, too. Somehow, the enemies don't figure out that the Power Rangers operate out of this museum, even though the Power Rangers lure them to this museum to fight on a regular basis <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one's very
0: smart <laughs> It's never presented as if the enemies are dumb, except fury i honestly, they should like like. I know Kennedy talks about how disappointing Fury is, but it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, I think one of the first villains in um, either, I think it was probably Megaforce, first season of Megaforce, that first villain that was there for, like, the first eight or ten episodes and then fought and then got trounced. Yeah. It, it felt, to me, more like a repeat of that, um, just with its own, like, stylistic choices, you know? And plus, by the end of Fury's sort of, like, arc, he's kind of, like, degraded even more, which is hilarious in its own way. Which we'll get to that episode as well. But
1: I it's feel like... It's not all bad, necessarily. It's just kind of funny, because they set up Fury in the first couple episodes, like, he's he's gonna be a real tough guy. And then immediately you find out, no, he's, like, the court jester of this season.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, like, an early Spider-Man villain. <laughs> Like, just I mean, dumb as his shit. Wardrobe. you know. wardrobe. Oh big my God. Group.
2: Wardrobe for all the villains of this season. Impeccable. I love his little tiger print skirt. You know, that's how you know he's serious.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. I used to have a, a problem with Sledge's design, but then when I watched this season for the show, uh, I was just like, you know, even for an American exclusive design the fact that they made the red part of Sledge's like, Sledge's like mouth and eyes glow like that mm-hmm. really added to the aesthetic of like, you of a believable, like
3: mm-hmm.
0: badass sort of like, uh, bounty hunter, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, these aren't necessarily the coolest looking villains we've ever seen but like, if I was a kid and watching this I'd be like, these are cool, I'm Pog. Yeah. <laughs> So the big thing going on here that we haven't fully addressed yet is that we're in an arc where uh, Fury has the Petra Charger, or the Terra Charger, whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, he has the Terra Charger. All, all of these different devices are a little confusing this season, but you need, like, a combination of three keys to be a Power Ranger, more or less. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he has one of them. And so uh, this has been like a, a big issue is they're, they're desperate to get the Terra Charger back from him, especially because he's charged it up. So, like, he might be able to control the Terra the Pterodactyl. And this is a big deal. But uh, in they have a big fight and uh, they're unable to defeat him in the moment because... Something weird that's going on with Fury is there's this like spirit that keeps trying to like escape out of him. Um, and Tyler's mm-hmm. worried that it could be his dad, especially so what happened to
2: Tyler's dad?
1: We don't know it's yet. Not-
2: okay, we don't know. But just he, like he disappeared
1: missing. 10 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, he disappeared. Um, and Tyler's been going to places that his dad might have been now that he's like mm-hmm. 18. Uh, um, yeah, everybody
0: this season is 18, by the they're way, they're
1: all exactly 18 forever. Except, except Coda? Uh, maybe Koda is like Coda? a million years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he was frozen in ice for a lot of that. Yeah,
0: and the Energem also kept him perpetually that age too.
1: Yeah, a fact <laughs> that is established for some reason.
0: <laughs> Saban is just like, all right, y'all can be horny. Don't this worry like about some... it. We got you.
1: This is
4: like
3: some <laughs> anime,
1: I'm actually a 10,000-year-old vampire type of shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Tyler's been going around looking for his dad. Um and in these last few episodes, he had a confrontation with Fury where Fury kind of hinted that he knows what happened to his father, but they don't get to finish the conversation. Uh and uh so ever since then, he's and that plus the spirit trying to escape from Fury, he's been like, maybe that's my dad, I don't know. And the other Rangers kind of know what's up in this regard, and so they can't, they uh, they can't bring themselves to destroy Fury during the critical moment, and he escapes with the Terra Charger once more. And there's another woke moment in this episode because uh, the the Rangers all kind of band together against their boss, and are like, we're in a union. you can't tell us what to do (laughs) um because uh is like tyler what the fuck you blew it you could have gotten fury and ended this and tyler's not really explaining himself and without and no one jumps in to explain they just all come over and they're like tyler we support your decision a hundred percent and they all say it So yeah.
2: sweet. I was like, I love to see people emotionally supporting, you know, young men. They need that.
1: Fuck yeah. It's a good moment. Mm-hmm. It's a very sweet moment. Um, and then they do finally explain to Kendall, hey, this is what's going on. And once she hears it, she's like, okay, I can kind of understand that. So, just an overall really fun episode with some very cute. And very pog moments and Shelby's anti-capitalist rant just amazing oh yeah and also uh one more Shelby's very anarchist this episode just doing whatever she wants uh so when they're pretending to be the prince and princess Julian the artist that Kendall snubbed is hanging out in the crowd because Shelby has set all this up and Shelby grabs one of Julian's sketches and goes, Oh, this is marvelous. Let's take some of these back to the palace. <laughs> you love to see it. Homies should always help homies out like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just an amazing episode, honestly. A lot of, what? like, unexpected plot twists that you would have never guessed that would happen. And the action sequences were also really pog, you know?
1: Yeah, we didn't get super into it, but the action sequences, the fight with Fury, is pretty good, and I can't remember the exact, like, villain of the week, but it's all good. It's all enjoyable on screen.
0: Red Ranger in particular just honestly nails his performances every time. Yeah. I don't think he's ever gave us a bad performance, and uh, even in this case, like, his ranger, he loves being a ranger. You can just tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next up, episode 11, Breakout. This episode builds on a lot of stuff that we've already been talking about. Because it starts off with the real prince of Xandar, Philip. Of course, he's a Philip. (laughs) The third. He's Philip the third. (laughs) Uh, Philip shows up at the museum to demand the artifacts that belong to Xandar. So I have a theory about this. He, they just start
0: taking shit. They're just like, all right, all of this, ours. All right, let's go. You know what's interesting, though,
1: is Kendall seems to know that the nature of running a museum is theft, and she's just like, yeah, this happens. <laughs> 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 like, I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, because because there was no pushback, really.
1: She did, She does not push back she's just like this well what
2: i was wondering i was like where did these artifacts come from to begin with that kendall was just like this makes sense that they're taking them all back i'm not gonna dispute that like,
0: what did you girl. think the kandar the country would do when they find did, out
2: it didn't seem like anyone was aware that Zandar was a real country also so like that was confusing
0: yeah honestly good critique on americans
1: yeah amazing
0: <laughs> critique because this only would work in america
1: So, here's my theory. So, Amber Beach is probably in Southern California. Somewhere (laughs) off the coast of Southern California, or maybe Northern Mexico even, is Xandar, right? So, Xandar's artifacts have been touring on display for years, and they've just been waiting for them to get close enough, because it's like, they're not, like, so rich they could just, like, go barge into, like, France. Mm Hmm. I see. Right, but yeah. like Amber Beach is like maybe a car ride away. It's very confusing. <laughs> um, so, like maybe Xandar is connected by bridge to California. I'm not yeah, sure. It's, anymore. it's maybe
0: like a six hour road trip. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, like it takes like a morning to get there. You know,
1: maybe it's not an island. Also, maybe it's just an exclusion. Maybe. Like, maybe in the world of the Power Rangers, right between California and Mexico, there's, like, this little blip. What's that part Xandar. of Spain?
0: What's that part of Spain that's shared with the UK?
1: I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lindsay, do you know?
1: No,
2: I don't. But I know what you're talking about. They're, like, a small... Gibraltar? Gibraltar? No, yeah. that's where they the stri- That's where the strait, right? The Strait of Gibraltar. I don't know. I'm not good at geography. A
0: British overseas <laughs> territory located at the southern tip of the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. It's like Gibraltar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be something like that. Except, again... So this, is, this to, is Leif Erikson's Gibraltar. Been, <laughs> it has to have been... Yeah, founded by perhaps Leif Erikson or someone because... Again, it existed 800 years ago, and they were clearly medieval in culture, too. Yeah. It, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a crazy-ass fucking show. This is, a cra- this is one of the weirdest lore things the Power Rangers has ever done. Leaf Erikson's Gibraltar
0: didn't... I don't think those words would ever come out of my fucking mouth. <laughs>
1: Lindsay, what, do you, what is your take on this theory?
2: I don't... Okay, so they also... So the fact that they have knights implies that they have a feudal culture, no? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm like, are they... And they all have British accents. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know. I just, it's it's Power Rangers. It's whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the implications,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: so bizarre. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, so Philip shows up and he's taking the artifacts, and of course that includes the Energem. So the Rangers are like, "What the fuck?" and they kind of want to stand up to Philip, but again, Kendall's just like, "Hey."
3: <laughs> we stole this shit.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most base Kendall moment so far in some ways. just her being hyper aware of her place within the blood machine that is capitalism, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, Prince Philip is really rude and kind of racist. Um, yeah,
2: doesn't he call Coda, like, a savage or something?
1: There's something like that. You and know, also, technically, like, Coda's he... a caveman. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Grabs trying so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true! He was a caveman who was frozen for, like, a hundred million years, so...
1: No, but I think the really, the really damning thing is he—he he looks at Tyler and Shelby, and he's like, "You two would never be fit to be royalty yeah. of Xandar, or something like that." There it was, was, like, he
2: was definitely a racist, oh, a racist yeah. undertone to that. I was like, "Ooh, Philip."
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah,
0: for sure. Don't worry. They, there's they do. a based episode involving him.
1: They—they <laughs> they take off. Um, but also, there's this monster called, like, Vivix? I, I what they were saying. The, the seaweed head people. And they... Anyway, so... I, I could never figure out exactly what the name was this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so some of the monsters are, like, hanging out. They see what's going on. They tell Sledge. Uh... This is another scene... Uh, by the way, when we get to Sledge, where Fury is just getting owned again, <laughs> Sledge is just like, Fury, you suck. Why do you suck so much? Fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> There's a lot of these scenes.
0: <laughs> he
1: was like, Why the fuck did you run back here for? Her? Go back out. <laughs> Go out. Don't come back until you have something, period. So, uh, a bunch of the, uh, main monsters um, and also this guy, Curio, that's the monster of the week this time, I think. No, wait, no, that's just the weird hanger on that's been hanging out. Who was the monster of the week? Was there one? No, they just fight Fury again. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of the main monsters, like, the bunch of the lieutenants show up and attack Phillip's caravan of cars. Again, so, just for the lore implications, he's clearly driving back to xandar something that we see him do also in later episodes drive back and forth so
2: pretty How sad convoy though there's only one limo and one suv i mean come on
1: it's pretty yeah like he's rich but also he's like baby rich yeah he don't got that jeff bezos money
2: he's not rich by california standards
1: no he's insecure he's <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way until you said it, Lindsay. But yeah, like he lives next to Southern California, clearly. So like, (laughs) even if he's got like a hundred million in the bank, he's like, uh
2: he's still poor compared to yeah, like a lot of the residents
3: (laughs) in SoCal.
1: (laughs) That's
0: insane to think about.
1: So the, their their pathetic caravan gets hijacked. His bodyguards do try to fight the monsters, which is a very fun scene. I'll say that about it. It's nice of them. They tried. They tried. Um, luckily, uh, some of the rangers have been following behind because they knew it was gonna happen. Come on. <laughs> in particular coda basically saves the day here initially
0: i love Uh, coda my only problem with coda is just like you know maybe like just don't talk (laughs) 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 like talk
1: less (laughs) i i felt like they overdid it with some of the like broken speech, baby talk type stuff, where it's just like, it could have been like an accent feature where he doesn't always know what he wants to say because, you know, this is all new, all this modern stuff, including the language is new to him and blah, blah, whatever. Uh, And like, that could have been like, interesting, but they never really present it in an interesting way. Instead, it's just like lots of sentences that come out awkward. I shouldn't say never. Only once or twice do they do it in kind of an interesting way like that. Uh, uh, and the rest of the time, it's just like, come on, just give him a full sentence. Like, no one's going to notice. Yeah. Like, no one's going to notice if he learns the word to. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> I
2: want to see his character fleshed out more, though. I really like him. i I think it's cool that he's a cave person.
1: overall, they do a lot of actually relatively good things with it as a concept. So, yeah, it's just man like (laughs) it drags scenes like this down though that's why I'm glad you called attention to it because it does drag down moments like this especially where Coda's being like super heroic it's like I don't want to see Coda like fumbling over basic English in this moment while he's being a badass it just detracts from it's like when you hear Mike Tyson for
0: the first time or something oh god (laughs) mike tyson i would love to have you on the podcast trust me it's the nothing bad against it but it's like people's initial reaction to that you know it's like one of those
1: and it doesn't feel believable at a certain point because coda is picking up advanced skills all the time yeah quickly yep like he is literally adapting all of the rangers have to adapt to Monumental changes in general, but it's definitely in this season, it's very noticeable that, like, their lives completely change when they become Rangers, and they have to learn whole new sets of skills quickly to survive. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And Coda's doing that, plus all these extra barriers and succeeding, just let him talk better. Why? (laughs) Why? Basically, um, Coda is able to get Philip to safety, but Fury gets a hold of the energy gem. Things are now looking dire. Um, also, Philip, looking at Fury, realizes this looks like the monster from all of the old paintings and tapestries and shit. Like this is this is that monster that Sir Ivan fought maybe. He's already started to realize that he's in over his head, but now he's starting to realize that, like, there's more to this than maybe he even understood. And so you start to see a little bit of a change in in Philip around this point where he's obviously starting to reconsider his position (laughs) Uh, since it almost got him killed. (laughs) Yeah. He's Uh, like, you know what,
0: maybe I don't want to risk my life for this bullshit.
1: We end up in a big quarry because it's the Power Rangers and, you know, um, and uh, the Rangers have a fight with Fury that uh, gets pretty intense. All the Rangers show up to help Coda kind of a few at a time, basically, because like they're all kind of realizing and conveying to each other what's going on as they figure out that like Prince Philip's been attacked and blah, blah. Which, like, this season does do a good job with that sort of, like, wartime chaos aspect of things where, like, everybody's trying to radio each other and things are getting lost in the confusion, people can't reach each other, and, like, that—that that is, you know, that is a good way to better explain, like, why we want some characters to show up first and others later mm-hmm. than some of the devices they've used in other seasons, things like that, so... uh. It works really well, and especially in this episode, it worked really well. Yeah, things get out of control. Fury summons the Terra Zord. Tyler shows up in the nick of time with his Zord. Uh, it, it, he's it's it. It's fucking to...
0: awesome. They're yeah. going at it. It's so fucking cool. I love the Terra Zord. even when it's evil. Like it's it's still really cool. The way the Sentai presents it, it kind of reminds me of like a like. I hate to be that person but it it reminds you of like a 90s villain uh like being uh presented to you for the first time, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it feels very much in that sort of like epic style way. I loved it. I loved it a lot. It brought me back quite a bit. And the Zord fights I think is also just really good this season. It gets a little bit too blocky sometimes, you know, with the toy configurations, but for the most part, everybody seems to be having a lot of fun with it.
3: 80 and also, they just do crazy
0: shit with 3D models. Like, they just go, oh, this this does not abide by the laws of physics at all.
1: <laughs> 80 to 90% of what they do with the Zords works, so that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, wow. that, that's that hits far above most, I think almost every single season.
1: Uh, definitely a lot of the recent seasons in particular where the Zords have been kind of questionable. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're trying to, like, defeat Fury, but also they want to, like, not necessarily kill him because of the energy. And so even after they get a hold of the Zord, Tyler's still fighting with him hand-to-hand. And there finally comes this moment where Fury is weakened enough that suddenly whatever that energy is starts to escape. And it comes out and it's Sir Ivan. Damn. Not Tyler's father. Sad. Great fucking twist.
0: Honestly, if it was Tyler's father, if it was Tyler's father, I'd be like, "Mm, mmm, mid. Mid. Like, you really going (laughs) to give that to us? You know? It would, mm-hmm. We would have be talking way more about, like, the Mystic Force analogy to the show if it was Tyler's father. Because I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, come on. But uh, in this case, the fact that it was the night from 800 years ago, and now you have a person, you have not only one person who's out of time by, like, millions of years. You have another person who's also out of time by hundreds of years who's on this team.
1: Yeah, and they do a good job of contrasting that. So at first I was like, oh, really? Gonna have like two people from the past. But then it's like they actually make that interesting. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sir Ivan shows up and he's the freaking gold ranger. He snatches the gold energy. It's his. He's a badass. It's really cool. Um, Beats the heck out of everyone fantastic suit design
0: fantastic (laughs) weaponry i fucking love this ranger just a A plus design
1: really good and sir ivan just over and over again just like i got this i got this you're good i got this and then he's just whooping and they're just like i get well i guess he does got this i don't know what to say
0: (laughs) yeah and then he does the whole i think i'm too cool for you
1: well, first he does the so Prince Philip comes out and he's like, "I didn't realize this is so complicated. <laughs> I didn't know international politics were actually complex." When I tweeted that,
0: <laughs> man, is this is like the reintroduction of of uh, hard politics, huh?
1: Kind of. <laughs> Sir Ivan tries to turn the Energem over to him. There's a very perplexing moment where he says, oh, I know you're the prince, but by- I can just tell by the way you look, you've got the royal blood. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he tries to hand the Energem back over to the prince. And the prince is like, no, no, clearly this belongs to you. You should keep it and use it.
0: I thought um, was translation, very I don't... I'm- Sorry, I was going to say, translation, I don't want to risk my life for this. Bye. (laughs)
1: What were you going to say, Lindsay?
2: I was just like, oh, like a political leader giving up what is clearly like a very valuable weapon? Like, intriguing. I don't know.
1: There There was actually like an intriguingness to that moment, which is why I wanted to call attention to it. And he's very gracious about it, which is, you know, like, it really seems like he's learning something today. Like, they do a good Mm -hmm. job of presenting that kind of feeling, where it's, he started out as an asshole, but it's actually believable that this experience has changed him. Uh, Yeah,
2: Power Rangers is so optimistic about people in general, and I find that really sweet.
1: Yeah, it's fun. So Sir Ivan's like, okay, I accept this responsibility. I'm a freaking Power Ranger. Hell yeah. Um, and the other rangers are like, do you want to be like on the team? And he's like, ah, I was trapped in fury for 800 years. I'm just going to wander around. And they're like, you know what? Respect. And but also, like, on, you have like, a, a responsibility. <laughs> well, but that's more next episode. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of ended on the like, you know what? Respect. Do, it, do Just do some life stuff for a minute. Yeah.
0: I thought that this was a fantastic episode. Like I, I had to I had to pick it alongside it. I, I we limit ourselves to two picks each. Um and traditionally, like I'll just pick or Kennedy will just pick whatever the other person picks. Um mm-hmm. because we we generally agree on what's like the best episodes in the show. Um mm-hmm. but in this case there was just so much good stuff that was like with the character development, with the action sequences, with the plot twists, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that stuff I thought was really interesting and cool and well done. Uh, and it was especially so in episode 11, just as much as it was in a, in episode 10, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, episode 11 is strong. It's maybe my least favorite of the picks in some ways, but it's still a really strong episode. And it's only because it's up next to the shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> episode 12. Episode 12. Night <laughs> after nights. They they're still on their their shit from Megaforce where some of these episode titles actually kind of hit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> This is a crazy episode. <laughs>
0: There was a lot of cocaine.
1: There was a lot of cocaine. There had to have been. But there's also some actual heartfelt moments, too. So there's a little bit of everything here. Um, So basically, uh, once again... Remember how I said there's a lot of just, like, Fury? Just Sledge just yelling at Fury? That's how the episode opens this time. (laughs) Um, And then... Uh, Sledge is like you know what I'm gonna fuck with you Fury I'm so mad at you I'm gonna show you what my new monster can do and he brings out this guy Bones and Bones <laughs> pulls out your backbone and he does it to Fury and then you're just a coward you're a yeah, coward he does do like shit Mortal Kombat scares.
4: x-ray
0: <laughs> effect
1: <laughs> it was like surprisingly graphic yeah
0: I was like how the fuck is this a kid show <laughs> Like this person's just dead. What the hell? <laughs> but then it was like the figurative backbone dummy, and I'm like, oh okay, this is Pog.
1: <laughs> it was like a Mortal Kombat finisher. Yeah, you were like, nah, Fury's just fucking dead. Fury's dead. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Fury just starts cowering and sniveling. And Sledge is like, ah, yes, perfect. Go down and do that to the Rangers. So uh, t- back in Ranger time, Tyler is, like, trying to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't his dad that was the energy trapped inside Fury. And he's pretty sad about it. Um, and uh, the other Rangers are showing Ivan around. Um, and just, like, explaining to him how they do things. And Ivan's like, this is neat, but I'm out. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm good on this. And they're like, uh, but we kind of need your help? And he's like, yeah, but nah. Takes (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shelby, in particular, is like, this is not acceptable. Especially, I felt like there was a little bit of attitude of, like, Shelby was like, I have to work with these people that I relatively hated before becoming a Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Red. Yeah. Except for Tyler. Um, And admittedly, like, they've all grown closer, and she probably doesn't feel that way now. But I still felt like there was an element of that into her character in this moment where she's just like... <laughs> She's like, I, I had to, I had to suck it up and get along with these people that fucking annoyed <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of me.
0: Why couldn't I be on my own, just being a Power Ranger?
1: <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> the Rangers end up off to deal with Bones, who's causing trouble, and initially they're kind of doing okay with the situation. Um, but then, well, uh, they sort of like, they get separated and then Shelby's trying to find Ivan and she finds Ivan and Ivan's like, listen, I don't really know you guys. I really like honor and integrity and stuff like that are super important to me. And I don't know if y'all live up to those standards necessarily, which is kind of actually like a somewhat reasonable dialogue. Which helps to sell this, because this the Power Rangers do this plot all the time, and, like, come on, you really gotta, like, put some effort in somewhere to make this not just annoying. Um, like, why won't the Six Ranger come out to play? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, overall, uh, this scene kind of sells okay, where he's kind of, like, explaining, like, you know. I'm just trying to vibe. Like I, yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm not sure, you know. I I, I need I, you know I need y'all to prove yourselves a little bit, maybe if I'm gonna believe that you're as noble as you say. I'm not just taking it at face value. And so Shelby's like, trust me, my friends are super courageous. They're really brave. Like you you you're gonna love them. And he's like, okay, all right, let's let's go see what's up. And so she takes the, him back to the other rangers. But they've all had their backbones stolen. <laughs> oh, no. Just when she was bragging about their courage. Womp, womp, womp. This
0: is hilarious. <laughs> all the guys are pissing themselves. I just... I. This was like one of those times where I was like, man... What the fuck were the writers on when they did this shit? And the fact that they went hard and they were like, okay, yeah, no, actually, we want you to to act as best as you possibly can act to depict cowardice. Please, we need to sell it. And they just, they went for it. And it sold. I was laughing yeah. my ass off at this.
1: They go all in. Yeah. Um, They look like the Scooby gang when they think there's a real ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Like the middle of the episode. (laughs) They're like, we got to get out of here, guys. (laughs) Like, it's great. Um, And so Ivan is like, dang. This is not impressive, Shelby. (laughs) And Shelby's like, wait, I don't know what's going on. No, wait, they're not normally like this. No, but it's too late. And Ivan takes off. This is where the episode really. So up till now, the episode's like, I don't know, probably seven. Um, This is where the episode starts to turn into pog territory. <laughs> Sir Ivan decides he needs to recruit his own knights. Start his own band. <laughs> and at first you're like, all right, okay, right, it be interesting. But where does it go? Oh, it goes, it goes way further than you ever expected. So Ivan starts wandering around town, looking for people to join his band of nights. And the first person that he sees that he's impressed with is a crossing guard. Because somehow the crossing guard is able to demand the respect of cars, which Ivan sees is very intimidating. So like, this dude is just like some old guy crossing guard.
0: Yeah, just a regular old man being a crossing guard. Just a regular old man
1: from New Zealand.
0: Join me on my journey. And he's like, I always wanted to go on a journey. And just takes off for the day.
1: Yeah, which is kind of interesting unto itself. Then uh, he keeps wandering with the crossing guard, and they come across a magician doing sword swallowing, and he finds that very impressive. And he's like, come along with me on a quest. And the magician's like, my mom says I should get a real job. (laughs) 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 But he goes along. Uh, next up, there's just a an old lady in a motor scooter. <laughs> That's it. That's her power. That's the thing he finds impressive. No, she fought a off a purse jacker. Oh yes, yeah, a a large purse. <laughs> has a large purse. Also, sorry.
0: Yeah, she has a large purse and was able to single-handedly. Uh, she was able to single-handedly scare off a purse jacker. <laughs> While sitting down. Which is impressive, to be fair. Yeah, it is very impressive. That one, I was like, okay. okay. Maybe maybe there
1: might be a funny scene with her. Which there is. <laughs> and then also uh, a tuba player. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and a referee.
3: Yeah, those
2: didn't make as much sense, but that's okay.
1: Whatever. It's just Whatever. happening now. so uh shelby is really upset about the state of things also dealing with the other rangers is increasingly difficult like they're scared to go in the dinosaur mouth that leads to their hideout that's how scared (laughs) they are (laughs) amazing especially tyler plays it so well because he is the dinosaur kid of the season but it's like he's like suddenly afraid of dinosaurs. It's so funny,
0: yeah I, I I loved it a lot. uh, just all of them interacting as a group sold it so well. like they were all hyping each other up, you know, for this scene. It was just like there was like a fire going on, and then just each one of them was just throwing gasoline onto the situation. And crazy. Shelby meanwhile is just like stop it.
1: <laughs> please stop, please. <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild stuff, pretty fun stuff. So Shelby's like, "Okay, fuck it. I have to I have to just go fight bones <laughs> on my own. That's how it to be." It just takes off. <laughs> In the meantime, Ivan finds bones and some other monsters with his team. And at first, his team seems like they're ready to go. But then once the, 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 and they all dramatically pose and everything, and it's really good. But then the minute the monsters start blasting, they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the old, the old lady in the wheelchair taking forever to leave yeah. the fight was hilarious. Just incredible. Uh, you just you didn't expect that Power Rangers would go there.
1: It's very comedic. It's more comedic than usually they are on this show.
0: This is probably the funniest episode I've seen in like how many seasons now? The Robo Knight episode of the just don't laugh part. You know what? Now retrospectively looking at that, that Robo Knight episode of uh just don't laugh with that scene has changed my life. Robo Knight has had a positive effect on me. Whenever I uh, have a tough time abstaining from toxic things, I just think of Robo Knight. (laughs) I felt like this is... This episode in general, like, this part with the dramatic poses going into it, like, this was a whole... They went there, they executed it, and... The writers, I think, found a rhythm with their writing in terms of like concepting out how an episode should go and making it seem believable to a certain extent, because, like really, if someone was promised, like, if the Knight of Kandahar is going around asking people to join you on their journey and you're at work and you're at like a shitty fast food job, like chances are you're gonna you're gonna be like, eh, pff, fuck it. I'll Why blow this. Not? Yeah, why not? Let's just see where this takes me for the day, right? It's 2016, they all have, or 2015 or 2016, one of the two. They all have cell phones at this point. You know, if they're Mm -hmm. ever in any danger or whatever, they could just call someone. And there's enough randos that it already seems interesting, right? Like the crossing guard, convincing the crossing guard was the most important step to all of this. Because once you've got the crossing guard convinced, you got someone like of. Who's like old as hell, agreeing to this, right? And you're like, yeah. well, if he's doing it, fuck, maybe I could do it, you know?
1: <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Shelby shows up and fights alongside Ivan. Um. And. Uh, starts to kind of convince him that, you know, she's brave and maybe she was telling the truth before. And then the other Rangers, uh, they start to, like, kind of, like, find a way around the fear, basically, where they're, like, they're feeling so guilty for being bad teammates and letting Shelby down while she's out there fighting, that they're like, "Well, we have to try to do something, even if it scares us, right? Yeah. Awesome is, lesson. Yeah, good lesson. Yeah. Um. So, they show up, and uh, everyone working together, they're able to destroy the jar that had the bones in it, so everybody gets their courage back. They all team up, they beat the monsters, um, and uh, Ivan uh, is like, you know what? I'm on the team, and they go eat burgers and tell stories. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Just a great episode, honestly.
1: Yeah. It
0: had an interesting villain of the week uh, that we normally don't see. The writers played it up for laughs, played up the Rangers for laughs, too, with those sequences had like, I guarantee you there's quite a bit of improv in this episode. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of it's just filmed in like beach infrastructure or standing beach (laughs) infrastructure, you know? So a lot of it's just like dudes in a hallway, like environment acting out something. Right. (laughs) Um, and there's just a lot of fun in that in general. And, uh, yeah, definitely the most fun I've seen from, uh, from the show in a very long time. And uh, I loved it.
1: We got one more incredible episode, though. Yes. Just amazing episode. <laughs> it's called World Famous in New Zealand. Chase shows up with a photo of a UFO in the newspaper. From New Zealand. (laughs) And it's clearly, clearly one of the ships that Sledge uses. So the Rangers instantly recognize it and they're like, okay, this is a problem. Chase is like, hey, let's take a a vacation to New Zealand. We have to, right? Because, like, there might be a monster there. And Kendall reluctantly agrees. (laughs) She's like, there's nothing in New Zealand. Um, And so they go to New Zealand because they want to track down the guy who took this photo. Uh, His name is Albert Smith, and he is a somewhat famous Bigfoot hunter and things of that nature, which is just so much much interesting stuff this season. He's a cryptid guy. He's a cryptid guy. (laughs) Exactly. It gets good. Um, it looks like it ahead of ourselves. Because first, they get to New Zealand. And I just want to emphasize, they just fuck around for a while. <laughs> they're just like, we're in New Zealand fucking around. and Yeah,
0: this like, is like a day off for them.
1: This is like, so gratuitous too, of course. Because, like, the show is filmed in New Zealand. And they're pretending to be in California. And now they're pretending that they went from California to New Zealand, and they're making a big deal out of it. It's very funny. <laughs> Just what a ridiculous episode from the start. Um, yeah,
0: we we har- we we're like hearkening back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season two, where they have the Australia episode. Mhm. But it was they did an Australia episode because they were filming MMPR the movie.
1: Yeah, it's very similar in certain respects. They fuck around in New Zealand for a bit. And uh, then they finally go track down Albert Smith. Albert Smith is somewhat helpful, but a little bit cagey. But gives them some information that they're able to use to sort of further their quest a bit. There's also, like, there's a bunch of hijinks. Because, like, when they first meet him, they get caught in a Bigfoot trap. and He's just a wacky guy. He's got an eye patch. He's got all these crazy stories that don't make sense. You know, you know the type. The right wing truther. What if a. It's basically like a
0: boomer podcaster uh, <laughs> with his own, like, curiosity shop, right?
1: Yeah, it seems like maybe he leads people on, like, guided hikes, that sort of shit.
0: New Zealand's Joe
1: Rogan. He seems like maybe he has slightly better politics than Joe Rogan, but maybe not by a lot. By the end, though. <laughs> <laughs> the rangers are like okay we're pretty sure that sledge has some kind of monster out here doing something uh and we're gonna keep looking around albert was not super helpful but also gave us a little bit of information okay they head off on their way so then uh, the rangers are wandering around town they suddenly happen upon um a guy stealing a bike and they're like, hey, that's not cool. Let's stop this guy from stealing this bike. Which, you know, let's not get into the politics of whether or not that's a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> the the rangers uh, are like chasing and then they see, what the heck, a purple ranger. And the purple ranger stops the bike thief. And they're like, what's going on? The the purple ranger takes off and the rangers are chasing after him trying to catch him figure out who he is. And then the purple ranger runs into Meteor, the monster of the week. And what do you know, the other rangers catch up and they morph and start helping him. And It was a
0: strong ass villain of the week to be fair.
1: Yeah. Meteor is good. He seems strong. <laughs> <laughs> Purple Ranger doesn't seem like he's going to be able to handle it. It's kind of freaking out. But then the other rangers show up. They morph. They help him fight. And then uh, Meteor takes off to come back later. And the rangers demorph. And they're like, hey, show us who you are. What's up? We're rangers. And so he does. And it's Albert Smith, the kooky guy.
0: Yeah. A fucking old man truther gets to be a power ranger (laughs) and have the Energem bond to him which we've seen through the Kandahar stuff previous to this that you have to be and also in the beginning of the season like you have to have kind of like a good soul to be chosen by the Energem there has Mm -hmm. to be some good inside of you and so this truther but it turns out this truther is a liar
1: well, so they head back to his base and at first they're kind of impressed with him because they talk, you know, about how he's been a ranger and stuff and they're impressed with the things that he's been doing and also they do some physical exercises together and he proves <laughs> that, you know, he's like really fit for his age and like you know, all this stuff and so like they do a little training with him and they're like, "Okay, yeah, you're 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 good." Like you're And he's scared. Range.
0: Like, but, like he was towering in that big fight because he was scared. he never fought like extraterrestrial villains. Which makes perfect sense. He's he even said he was like, I only I operate as like a local super is like a local superhero that like solves petty theft and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't deal with like aliens. I'm just a local <laughs> New Zealander being a superhero and protecting my country. That's it.
1: Yep. So, all that makes sense. Um, And, yeah, he expresses a little bit of nervousness about um, fighting the monsters, but he mostly puts it aside for the time being. Uh, And, uh, also, he tells the story of how he found the Energem, which is actually very heroic, like... uh, he saved a little girl from a snowstorm mm-hmm. in a mountain. He happened to find the gem, and it basically saved both their lives. So, it's pretty lucky that he did. And so, it, it bonded with him, and he'd been a ranger ever since. And so, they're like, great, you seem great. Um, and then their scanners go off. They gotta fight Meteor again, and they're like, well, come on, come with us. It's time to do it. So, he goes with them, but then he kind of freaks out. And he's not sure he can handle it. Panics, melts down. Um, and he admits that he's, he's been lying about a lot of things, you know? Even the eye patch is a lie.
0: <laughs> Insane.
1: <laughs> but uh, the rangers reassure him, especially Tyler, because that's who he has like, the main scene with. That like, hey, listen, the Energem wouldn't have bonded with you for no reason. You have the ability to do this. So just when things are most desperate as the fight is turning against the Rangers, Albert finally comes up with a plan. He actually pretends to still be weak. But in fact, he has been scheming and he lures the monsters into a trap and uh, is able to help the Rangers win the day once again. Um, But at the end of it, Albert's like, listen, I'm not cut out to be a Power Ranger. Um, and so Keeper, who is apparently also just vibing in New Zealand with the rest of them, uh, shows up and debonds him from the Energem, something he can apparently do, did not really mention to the Rangers before. You almost feel like a few of them are like, oh, you could just do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What
0: do you mean? You can be perpetually 18. Why would you ever want to be bond? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Keeper, it seemed like the Keeper is just a Watcher type of character who like, can just teleport at whim all over the world. Am I wrong in thinking
1: that? No, I, I assume that he just went with them on the plane. You thought that he went on the plane? Hmm. Dressed in cloak,
0: went through the airport, Mm -hmm. went through security and everything. Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
1: (laughs) That's how I envision it going down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just Andro style? Like, just cloaked the fuck up? It's like, yeah, whatever. It's another person here in this airport. (laughs) Not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. I mean, it is New Zealand. I gotta say, like... The end of this episode was very heartwarming, and it also kind of showed that, like, you can be a sleazy piece of shit, but, like, if your morals aren't absolute dog shit, you're still redeemable. hmm And we often don't even really see, like, adult ranger stories where they're not presented in a sort of, like, oh, I can be, like, a sort of ubermensch sort of type character, right? Of, oh, I'm physically fit and all this other stuff. Instead, it's just like, okay, this is just like a regular dude. Yeah. And he too, bonded with the Energem, could gain enough physical attributes and all this other stuff and be able to keep up with everyone else as long as he's bonded to it. Which kind of mm-hmm. adds to the whole truther side of it too. So it's just like, it's, it's like levels to this shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really? a good
0: episode it's It's a fantastic episode that you can just really chew on, and it has good lessons in it on top of it just being a very unique uh, plot to to go with. Would you go to New Zealand after watching this episode, Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay?
2: Oh, I don't know if this episode swayed me one way or the other. but I've always kind of wanted to go to New Zealand. It seems really beautiful. Okay. I suppose. What a, about you? to
0: the New Zealand camp? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd perfectly be down to uh, to go to New Zealand as well. You gotta think, was there, like, a... Did, did they do this episode just because there's, like, a tourism dollars involved? Like, New Zealand was gonna give them, like, a grant or a check?
2: To, like, promote New Zealand as a fun place to be. Yeah. Um...
1: Or is this just Saban getting lazy with it? There's something very forced about it, because... They don't see Chase's family. That's the oddest thing.
0: Yeah, why don't they explore that? We never explore any of the ranger's family.
1: We stop doing that. We see his family briefly in another episode. They come to visit America. And then uh, he mentions while they're on this trip to New Zealand, that oh, my family live on the other side of the island. And it's like, Mm. dog, the other side of the island is like a A third of California.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't really do too much to like explore the character's backgrounds outside of the character itself, right? They they just stopped altogether. I don't think they've done that in a very long time, and I don't expect it to come back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um I don't know why. I guess maybe it's just one of those things where it's just like, well. If we have that episode, then we have to have maybe the other characters involved with their families and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but you could also invent characters that are distant from their families, too. And have that um, be an interesting plot point that we haven't seen in Power Rangers. Yeah. Right? Like, you have maybe, like, people like Andros or whatever who kind of just don't really have family except for maybe his sister. But, like, it's never really explored too much outside of, like, two sentences from a from a specific episode in Mega Force or something, where she's just like, yeah, my family loved doing that. <laughs> you're like, loved? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That being said, that was four awesome episodes. Let's uh, rate and review them. Kennedy, you or I? You go first. Are we doing this episode
1: by episode? Sure. Like, So what's episode 10? The... K- Island of Kandahar? Just, just, just read off the numbers. Just say episode ten. So,
0: <laughs> Kandahar introduction arc is pretty pog. Uh, I loved it a lot. Um, they're like all varying degrees of tens. I'm gonna be honest with you. One's like <laughs> slightly lower ten. The other one's a low ten. Uh, I was surprised that you didn't like the second episode as much because I thought the second episode, the in betweener, was was still really good too, especially for a six ranger introduction. Because, like, we were so totally expecting it to be the father. And it's been a while since Power Rangers has been like, oh, you know, it's not the first choice you would think of. Maybe not even the second choice, but the third, you know?
2: Yeah, they definitely Um, got me.
0: And then the 12th episode is just hilarious. I love that shit. I would probably put the 12th episode at, like, at 11. Uh, (laughs) You just, you don't get that type of comedy from Power Rangers a lot. And when you (laughs) do, it's always amazing. It's like the pizza episode. All over again. This is the pizza episode this season. <laughs> and 17 just goes absolutely ham on the truth through shit. Was not expecting this. Also, the fact that, like, you can debond from the Energems, the the Rangers acting out as, like, sort of local superheroes when they're not facing against extraterrestrials is pretty sick. Like, we've seen it before a little candidly, and more so up front in Super Megaforce. But before that, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, Rangers they 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 do, you know, they help out, but you know, most of the time it's just defending Earth from extraterrestrial threat or something, right? So it's always that kind of good confirmation of just like these people mean well, no matter what. And they're going to use their powers for good, no matter what, yeah. Um that being said, what do you think, Kennedy?
1: I think for me, <clears throat> ten and twelve. Are probably 10s. And 11 and 17 are 9. And. uh, Where I draw the line is just like. All of these episodes that we're talking about. Did have some small flaws. And I felt in the episodes that I'm rating as 9s. They add up a little bit more. Um, I felt that episode 11. um, Was. Like. Weak in certain respects. It's a very interesting and fun episode, but also, like, there are moments that felt a little bit weak. And in particular, I as we mentioned, like I felt very frustrated with some of the ways that they do things with Coda's character in that episode and things like that. I don't know. There was just things that, didn't quite hit right and so like that episode was like a slightly less enjoyable watch but again like a really good episode still 17 kind of the same story where there were just a few aspects of it that made it a little less enjoyable for me I felt like it drug on in certain places and I also felt like there were a few questionable sort of political things going on in that Mm -hmm. episode (laughs) but still really good so again like it's it's all good shit Lindsay. um
2: Ooh. i guess can i just rank the four in order of like my favorite to my least favorite you do whatever yeah. you want on this show cool okay so i would definitely say my favorite was episode 12 night after night i loved that one um and then i'm gonna have to go episode 17 um because of albert smith loved him and then, yeah then i'll go 10 and then 11
3: okay okay All right.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's with really episode fair.
2: 12.
0: Yeah. That's a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Getting your backbone ripped out, man. That's something yeah, that did... uh, you don't you don't see in a lot of your uh children's cartoons.
2: I was pretty really taken aback when they just reached into his, you know, spinal column and <laughs> <just> took <laughs> one of them out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well I'm so glad you enjoyed every episode about it. Uh you know, I really wanted you. You kind of like you being on the show the first time around with Operation Overdrive really did like. It was a turning point for the
1: show. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Show you know, we survived Operation Overdrive. Those episodes yeah. were
0: like
2: bad. They were truly horrendous.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: truly.
0: <laughs> yeah, these like, were we all had so a...
2: good, though. These were all so good.
0: Yeah, and uh, really, Dino Charge. This is pretty indi- indicative of Dino Charge in general. It's just a great season. Uh, you know, we have our, we definitely have our issues, and it's going to be brought up in the season review. But leave it, leave it to the season that I chose to start the podcast on to be the one where we don't have a worst episode, really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, the the truly the obvious pick for worst episode is also so obviously filler. Yeah. I mean, Dino Charge just lucked out in that regard, I guess, because... Yeah, because the episode doesn't exist. Yeah, like, the episode doesn't exist, so, therefore... um, Let me tell you folks, though, just to pull back the curtain, that episode sucks. (laughs) Like, unwatchable, right? Pretty much unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, So, like, I'm gonna try not to let the experience of having seen it at all taint my review. (laughs) 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 Um, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really bad. Um, (laughs) so, yeah, but it's also, absolutely nothing of interest happens in it, nothing important to the plot happens in it whatsoever, so... You lucked out, Dino Charge. <laughs> <laughs> I picked two episodes as filler, and that was one of them. Yeah.
2: I guess I would like to promote the nonprofit that we finally got our bylaws passed and are ready to start recruiting. That is Mosaic Atlanta. Hell yeah. um, and that is, yeah, our little spin-off group of disaffected dsa exiles and people who you know want to get into the organizing scene in atlanta but don't fuck with dsa because of their um very anti-black reputation in the city um so yeah i would love for everyone to check out mosaicatlanta.org um and see if you're interested in connecting with a bunch of MLs and anarchists doing mutual aid and political education and honestly doing a lot of just vibing. Um, We really want to focus on like building community support structures just in the form of like social bonds. Yeah, I am really excited about it. I'm really excited about there being like an alternative to DSA, especially for people of color in Atlanta.
0: Hell yeah. I'm glad that that's uh, coming into fruition.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of hard work, um, but it's definitely paying off. I'm so proud of all of us.
0: Hell yeah. Well, well where can we reach you online?
2: Um, You can reach me at Lindsay underscore Vay on Twitter. And that is it.
0: Sweet. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on board. And, thank uh, you so
2: much for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm glad that I made it up to you. I think you <laughs> had a great time with all of this. Uh, and I look forward to bringing you on again.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was great. I loved all the episodes, they were so fun.
0: For sure, for sure. And we'll catch you guys next time on Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.